Networking. Do you enjoy networking with people? Welcome back to quarantine season. My name is Elor Camacho. I have a special guest to join me today. I met my next guest at a film festival, the Michelle Film Festival. She was representing her LGBTQ plus comedy short film, Academic Super Squad, which has also been screened at Outfest, another film festival. She is a writer, director, and a host for After Buzz TV, which is on hiatus right now due to COVID. She's also the writer and executive producer for a comedy short film called Make Yourself at Home. This girl keeps herself busy with coffee with her at all times, and I can't wait to see her continue to thrive in this industry. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, my name's Taylor Gates. Thanks for that lovely introduction. Yeah. So how are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. It's been kind of an insane past few months, which I'm sure everyone is also feeling, but being my sort of introverted self, it's kind of been a little bit of a nice little break to be home a lot and to just like be creating and writing and painting and watching a lot of reality TV, you know? Yeah, I found it somewhat peaceful, especially when no one's around you or anything like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's very totally. peaceful to just center yourself and see what you can create. I completely agree. It's been it's been interesting. I know a lot of people who maybe are not the most love to create, like they like to be around people and be social, and that's kind of where they get their energy. I think are struggling more than me with it. Yes, <laughs> so I feel yes. for them. Yes, like I, I don't know. I I feel like sometimes I'm an amnivert because I I do get energy from being around people, but I also need that time to re-energize. Totally, I totally get that. Yeah, there are definitely days where I'm like, oh, I wish I could go to a restaurant or go to an in-person film festival again, but trying to make the best of things, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about Academic Super Squad. Yes, so Academic Super Squad is the first short film I ever actually directed and the second short that I wrote that got produced and got made. And I was really, really lucky because I got to make it through this amazing program called Outset, which is Outfest Film Festival's Young Filmmakers Program. So I went through that whole program at the beginning of last year, and it was amazing. I got to learn so much about producing and directing and writing and just all of the different roles on a film set. It was like such an amazing way to just like dive headfirst into like the film industry. And then we got this amazing film that I've been able to take to of course Outfest and then of course in the show festival that we met at so yeah it's just been so so cool that's awesome and how did you discover Outset so it was very interesting because I sort of for the past couple of years I think starting when I was maybe a freshman in college I started writing for an online magazine called Starry Constellation magazine and I did a bunch of TV recaps and film reviews and since I was in LA for the summer interning they asked me if I wanted to cover some films in the Outfest Film Festival and I was like of course and it was really cool because this was really before I even had come out but I was still like very interested in these sort of films for you know obvious reasons yes and so I went to the film festival and I just like fell in love the stories were so powerful and the movies were so beautiful and I covered that for two years and then I of course followed them on Twitter and Instagram and everything and I saw this tweet saying 
young filmmakers program deadline for this application is tomorrow so I'm like well okay like I'm gonna fill this out really fast because that sounds like such a cool opportunity so I applied and I went through an interview process and then I ultimately made it and was able to to go through the program so it was just so funny that the trajectory was sort of got to review films at the festival and then I got to have my own film at the festival it's a very nice full circle moment that's amazing. That is really amazing. It's, and, it's crazy. I can't believe it still. <laughs> yes. And did you always love filmmaking? Like, was that, or was there anything else that you wanted to pursue before filmmaking? Well, I've always loved writing. I knew since I was in like third grade that I wanted to be a writer of some sort. I kind of figured it'd be like an author when I was, you know, in elementary school. And I didn't quite understand that writing for like TV or film was really a thing. Like, I didn't know that school, either. You, you just think it happens. Like, the, like the two options at my school, I went to Catholic school. The two options was to become a doctor or a lawyer. That was that. That was it. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> no one said that you can make a career out of writing, even though totally. there was a library full of books written by many different authors. Totally. It's it's so narrowed in a way, especially when you... How big was your school? Was it a small school? Yeah. I'm, so so like, was mine. Yeah. So for each grade, it was a total of 60 kids per grade, 30 kids in one room, 30 kids in another room. And there were just two classrooms per grade. That's honestly, that's so funny. I graduated with 58 kids. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> we're like very similar paths. Yeah. Like everyone knew each other. It wasn't yep. like, oh my God, I've seen, I have I haven't seen you around the whole because I, I transitioned from Catholic school to public school when I was in sixth grade, and what a difference! Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I was like, That's so funny. I went from no graffiti in the bathroom walls to graffiti in the bathroom walls, people being their outward selves more. And yeah. I mean, but I'm kind of happy I went through that because. I think going to public school too and seeing both sides, it brought me more out of my shell. So I needed it for me mentally. But yeah. but I'm glad I experienced both. Totally. It's funny. I went to Catholic school and my sister actually did what you did and transferred to public school when she was, yeah, in seventh grade. And so I kind of got both viewpoints just because she would like talk about, she's like, oh yeah, there was a fight today. I'm like, oh, yeah, there yeah. like fights all the time. Wow. <laughs> And That's the, hilarious. The, one day there was a food fight and I was at home sick and I couldn't be happier. And people at school were like, oh, you missed a food fight. And I'm like, I wasn't not one bit sad that I missed it. I was very happy I was out for that day because I got I have curly thick hair and to get whatever that they threw around out of my hair would have been a lot of shampoo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh that's that's okay. That's okay. But yeah. And so do you remember like the first thing you've ever written? I remember okay, that's actually funny that you say that because I kind of do. I remember when I was young I don't know how young probably only like maybe five or six I was with my mom when she was getting her hair cut and I wrote a poem about a duck and like drew a picture of the duck and I've like never been prouder about this duck poem and it was just like such a, a cool like rush of adrenaline almost that I've always chased and I remember in fifth grade I guess I wrote my sort of first script in a way. It was like a dare, like the drug program, um, like a little skit for that. And it was like a comedy skit. And I just found it so much fun. And when people laughed, I was like, wow, this is like the best feeling. And I want to have this forever, which kind of, I think, informed the way that I went with my career. 
Yeah, that's amazing. My my parents remember more me just writing in my dad's medical textbooks and writing on my brother's homework. I but love that. <laughs> I and writing on the walls the day they were supposed to move from Virginia to Georgia with Oh no. <laughs> with permanent Sharpie. Yeah, that happened. I got in trouble for writing on my walls too. <laughs> I think I was I like feel, school or something. Yeah, I, I read a passage. I, I think that is. I think that is. <laughs> and I told my mom, "Yeah, I wanted to tell a story." <laughs> right. It's in. It's in your blood. You're just I wanted in to your tell blood. A story. Yeah. It's so funny how that comes out in all these weird ways when you kind of look back and like survey your childhood and you're like, "Oh, like maybe that was a sign." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so. Tell me about Make Yourself at Home. So Make Yourself at Home was my first short film that I ever wrote that I ended up helping to executive produce. And my great friend, amazing director Leslie Powers, is the one who directed it and helped me a lot with kind of how to get, you know, everything together and how to actually shoot a movie. But Make Yourself at Home is based on one of my, like, biggest irrational fears, which is I'm so scared I'm going to be home alone and I'm going to sneeze and then I'm going to hear a voice say, bless you. Like, that's just (laughs) such a, like, a weird fear of mine. So I was like, oh, that would be such an interesting script. And so basically, I, that's like sort of the premise of how it gets started. And then it kind of evolves into this friendship between this very friendly robber and this very understanding person who owns the home. And it's kind of a buddy comedy in a way, sort of a a weird comedic LGBTQ take on the noir genre too. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I love noir films. I love it. It was very fun to kind of subvert the expectations of that genre while we made that black and white, but... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I love that. I remember when I was in high school, my health teacher introduced me to black and white television, funny enough. Yeah. Because he used the Andy Griffith show to explain different concepts to us. And after he introduced me to that, then I discovered Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, and the Dick Van Dyke show, and the list can go on. And, I love that. And then I discovered the Turner Classic Movies channel from there, and then I just became a lover of classic films from then. And it all started from my health teacher, which is That's insane. Anyway, it's so funny to see this well if this one little thing in your life like wasn't there like how maybe how different your life would be yeah because I mean first of all in film school I was like the only right. one that knew all these old films <laughs> and I was and I was like naming the actors and the actresses and they're like okay we get it you're a hundred my teachers would always tell me <laughs> I'm a hundred years old we get it you lived a long life you get it an old soul you're, yeah <laughs> Yeah, but there was this girl in high school and she just refused. She she refused to watch anything in black and white. And I'm like, you know, before regular television now, that's how it started. Like, right. Come on. Come on. Get it together. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're not going to watch black and white, I mean, you're not going to watch the classic I Love Lucy. And right. A big part of comedy and Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton. Totally. Come on. And watching that, you really see uh, the inspiration that has come from the new artists that rose years later. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And so, do you prefer to write comedy, or do you have any other genres that you like to write? I definitely prefer dramedy because I love that mixture of being able to sort of make someone cry one minute, make someone laugh the next minute, and I feel like dramedy is just almost the truest to life in a way, and yes. like a lot of times because it's so like life is hilarious even when it's dark. You know what I mean? So I, I love kind of trying to mix those two genres and have that balance of real life dramatic things, but but do. Saying it and、uh, you know telling the story with touches of humor. Yes, I I am the same way in that because and yeah, just like you said, in real life, there's not just straight drama. No matter how bad life gets, we just have to find humor out of it to get through、Absolutely. it. Yeah, hundred percent. And are you working on any project at this moment? I am. I've been actually pretty much. I feel like I've been kind of hitting the pavement. You know, some weeks better than others during quarantine. But I'm writing film right now with my co-writer Sav Rogers, who's brilliant, brilliant filmmaker. We're writing a movie called "I Love You, Margot Robbie" right now, which、mm. has to do with a trans high school kid, and he finds comfort in his imaginary friend, who happens to be Margot Robbie, and we see him join the mock trial team. And try to get the girl, and do all of these cool high school experiences through the lens of having this imaginary friend, and also telling the trans experience too, which is a really important thing for the LGBTQ community, and especially my co-writer who has, you know, sort of been through that process and wanted to explore that. So I'm really honored to be able to co-write on that. And we just finished another feature called Empty Nesters, which is about two women whose sons have just gone off to college, and they take a road trip to Dollywood to reconnect. And try to kind of rekindle their sisterhood. So that's a, that was a really fun one to write too. And we're in the process of kind of doing final revisions on that. That's exciting. Kind of reminds me of a Thelma and Louise. Yes, it's very. There's definitely those those inspirations in there. They get up to some antics. Let's just, let me just tell you that much. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited for this. It's and the, great. And the first one, I think, yes, it's very important to tell because if you saw the documentary on Netflix of the history of the transgender community, of the things that they're tired of hearing, and and of what just continues to be. Portrayed in media and social、uh, social media, film and TV. Absolutely, it's it's really important to set the record straight on what should be done and what should be stopped. I completely agree, and it's—I mean—that's something that is very important to me. Kind of the LGBTQ community in general. I think that is something that I always want to kind of add into my stories because that's something that I want to see, and that's something that really helped me kind of come to terms with who I was because I did grow up in a pretty small town where I didn't see a lot of that in my real life. So movies. Helped me so much. Be like, oh, this is a person. Maybe I'm similar to this person. Kind of just helping to figure yourself out. And so I definitely want to kind of create art, so some other person in small town Indiana can can see my films and hopefully have that sort of same experience. Yeah, and for me, as part of the LGBTQ plus community, it really makes a difference seeing、yeah. yourself on screen. Totally. Especially going to Catholic school, that word was never. Uttered. I didn't even know the word gay until high school. Right. I just knew I liked women when I was in third grade, but I didn't know what the feeling meant. I just right. It's hard、yeah. to find the vocabulary. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just knew I liked Zena the Warrior Princess. <laughs> 
I love that we all have those movies that was just like, oh, like this is making me feel some some kind of yeah, way. And, like, the, and the song from the from what? Tattoo. All the things no, she but said, I'm gonna watch the, it right after no, this. <laughs> all the things she said, all the things she said running through my head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that music video, it went through all of my fifth grade. Everyone was talking about it. That was like the first time I saw two women kiss, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, game changer. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly lost my mind. I was like, that's a thing? What? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. How do you manage? Because I know film making films is very expensive. I, I've done two films so far, and I've worked on many sets. How do you manage your finances when it comes to film? Yeah, that's a very, very tough one. It's interesting because I've made, so I've actually made three short films. I made Make Yourself at Home, Academic Super Squad, and then I made one in quarantine called Chicken Soup that I actually did fully remotely. So each was a very different process with sort of different budgets. Make Yourself at Home was one where we did crowdfund, I think I think $2,000, and we did end up getting that money, which was amazing, but we still did have to put some of our own money in just because there are so many things you don't take into account. Like yes. services, there's location there, paying the camera people and the lighting and I was really really lucky that we had a lot of people sort of volunteer to help out but it was still it's so much more expensive than you think even for a one-day shoot so that was crowdfunding and Leslie my director really helped me sort of do the budgeting and it was a lot of sort of trial and error which ended up I was like okay I'll just put my own coins down at this point just because this is so difficult to get as much as you need you are probably always going to have to put a little bit of your own money down if you're doing like a very indie short shoot and then for academic super squad that was covered through the program and we got to kind of play around on a sound stage and play with the prop house wow that's so awesome it was insane it was just like i was just a lot felt it was like, like a dream come person. true probably for it you. really was it's just like i was just playing and getting to make these amazing decisions and work with this like huge crew like it was just so so amazing and then chicken soup that was a very accessible shoot and what i would encourage people to do if they're kind of just starting out and want to maybe explore filmmaking because i think my budget was like 50 dollars for props that I sent someone but basically I wrote this script in quarantine and then I directed over zoom and I had actors in New York Texas and Los Angeles and I directed online pretty much and we just kind of used what they all had and so you know writing stories that can be shot in like one location and on an iPhone because iPhones are pretty good quality now you can get a pretty great film on an iPhone and that's what we use for that so you know it doesn't have to be this like thousands and thousands of dollars project especially when you're just starting out like you can use your iphone and some stuff you have and kind of go to town if you write it the story you know so that's all it needs yeah i i totally i totally agree with that i i recently had to well not recently in the beginning of quarantine i had to get a new phone because my phone was just done mine too (laughs) um it was like okay i'm I'm, I'm ready to leave you so just let me go okay bye the battery drops yeah exactly so i need to get a phone that will help me with my filmmaking so i got the iphone 11 pro and that oh my gosh i filmed two things that i posted on my instagram my personal instagram and the options that the iphone 11 pro has is fantastic like you can do the what's it called that you know in the favorite they had oh like the um the with the fishbowl type yes 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 
they have the fishbowl option on That's there. That's amazing. And so when taking pictures or filming, it looks really cool. And That's crazy. And I was able to shoot like a little thing with my parents in it. And then I, I shot and directed just me acting in my own short, which was very hard. I was holding the cam, I was holding my phone the entire time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then my brother got me a camera stand for the iPhone. So, helpful. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was very helpful. And then after that, I started making home videos while my family came into town to visit. So, that was great. That was great. But yeah, I mean, you really, going back to the finance, sometimes you really have to put in your own money and people don't realize what happens behind the scenes. Like before I even went into filmmaking, I would watch web series or short films. When it comes to web series, I'd be like, come on, when's the next episode? I want to see more. Not realizing how shooting one episode can take. I had to, yeah. Yeah, I had to shoot a web series pilot. And even though it took a day, that day was the longest day of my life. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. It's like you, because you have to do all, like the setup takes so much time. Production the angles. Yeah, get different angles. And so now I watch TV and movies so differently. And, and my brother and my dad tell me that I ruin when they're watching TV. And I'm like, so that took like six shots right there. Right, that took three hours. That, to get yeah, that yeah. Seven seconds. <laughs> yeah, this one shot right here took way more time than you think. And them eating the food, they're not really eating it, they're spitting it out. Because yep. if, you, if they if they really eat the food, they're gonna get sick. Uh huh. Oh, it's so it's so fascinating. But it I mean, it gives you such a better appreciation. Oh for it. yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I just had no idea before what all was done behind the scenes. I was clueless. Yeah. And so having having done it and been on my friend's sets, it really makes a difference. The director really makes a difference, I have totally. to say. And also to having a great crew. If you don't have a great crew, it's going to fall apart. You got to have a good team to work with because... And people you trust. And people you trust, exactly. Exactly. Because on one project, person wasn't doing their job properly. Everyone else did not like having them on set because they weren't helping right but they had a job to do and they just i had to take over and do everything Ugh. they didn't know that's that. the worst they it's so they, much added stress that you don't need exactly they didn't know the cadence come on the cadence you know the cadence oh right, right right like the rhythm of everything yeah the rhythm of everything exactly and i'm like come on man you you're, you're telling you're telling me that you don't know the cadence and, and get with the get with the program. <laughs> yeah. After that, I I learned to really get people that I know that will do the job right. Absolutely it makes all the difference. Not people that talk 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 and say that they're gonna do it and then they don't do it. Exactly. You gotta walk the walk. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's such a an interesting line to walk especially when you are like in the position of a director or something I feel like because you want to make everyone feel as comfortable as possible and welcome because I think of a directing almost like hosting a party in a way like you kind of orchestrate everything but you want to make it comfortable or else 
like you're just not going to get the product you want. You want to make it a, a pleasurable experience, but at the same time, yeah, you have to keep keep it moving. It doesn't matter if it's a friend, family member, whoever that's close to you. You got to make sure that they can do the job that you need them to do and do a great job, not just a mediocre job, but a great job. Totally on top of your game for those however many hours because it's such a limited amount of time too. Oh People don't realize that like there's a set beginning is sort of a set takedown or else it's gonna cost you know you can't just come back the next day necessarily. No, no, and you know also too and when you pick out a location they charge by the hour. Right. And so you want to get out there as soon as possible. Every hour counts, and it's just really important for everyone to just be on the same page. Let's just keep it going let's not play around let's absolutely and make a plan it's important to make a plan and get the best people on your side and so since we met by networking yes what advice would you give someone who wants to network with people but doesn't know how to because their nerves get the best of them that is such a tough one because I struggle with that so much, even today. It's funny because we met when I was alone, of course, but yeah. I, 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 I actually am not. I usually have another person with me and I honestly recommend that. And I know when I was in my outset program, even they kind of recommended that go with one or two other people and kind of approach it as a group and sort of maybe talk up the other person's project. So you don't have to speak, hi, I'm working on this, me, me, me. You know what I mean? Like be engaged, talk about the other people in your group ask the person you're networking with questions about themselves too so it's not just canon rapid firing talking about yourself because people like to be asked about themselves as well so I would definitely recommend opening it up and not feeling the pressure to say everything that you've ever done like make it a, a natural conversation and if you're not comfortable doing it by yourself bring another person and kind of approach it together yes I love that yeah, I because I, I can be shy sometimes too. I was the only one there. It was just me, myself, and I. And I just I just walked up to you and was like, hi. I, and I loved it. Listen, that's, a, that's also, I think, a good one too. It's going to sound creepy, but like, see who is kind of by themselves. Because I'm, I mean, it's not a comfortable situation necessarily to not know anyone somewhere. I think for the majority of people. So if someone's just kind of hanging out by themselves, I mean, chances are they're going to be thrilled that if you walk up to them. And sometimes it'll make a really cool connection, like the two of us. You know, you never know, you know, sort of what will happen. And, and don't go in with an agenda necessarily because I feel like a lot of people think networking is oh I got to get my script made or I got to get a job and that's not necessarily the point of it especially not right away like you're kind of networking to make connections and friendships and just talk to other creative people and you have no idea where that might lead in a year or two years or a decade you know yeah exactly exactly I love that advice thank you Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. Of course. This is so fun. Yes. And for the rest of you, see you back here next Monday. Stay safe and be well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.